Welcome to the Coded Switch podcast, a deep discussion about the experience of intersectionality and vulnerability as it relates to wellness. Hosted by Dr. Galanega Machisa and told to the psychologist. Um, all right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Coded Switch. I am uh, your co-host, Dr. G, along with told to the psychologist. Um, it, we are today. We're on today's podcast. We're going to dive into the experience of of being different, um, and and everything that means. So, um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and we'll just get started and dive right in. Mm. So, talk yeah, go ahead. Talk. I was yeah, going to no, say, talk to me because difference you is. They say difference is what makes you beautiful, and yeah. I think the first time you just dis- discover difference, it's not always a beautiful thing. It's not. It's not. Yeah. Um, I think, well, let's talk about maybe let's take that a, a several steps back. We'll start from sort of what does difference mean? Like, what is, what does it mean to, to a human being? What are the threats, inherent threats associated with difference mm. sociologically? Um, like why difference is just, it, it's just a condition, right? Positive or negative, but, but it's often associated with negative. And why is that? Mm. Um, and I think that's a, probably a good place to start is to, there are real, um, real implications of, of being different. Sorry, I realize I'm shaking. Let me take my hand off here. Yeah. Um, real implications of being different. If you're, if you're thinking sort of, of human beings, maybe, you know, not even necessarily prehistoric, even in, in our hunter gatherer times, um, difference came along with some serious threat, right? Like they're, and, the and these things, the consequences, yeah, the consequences of, of, of different came with some inherent and, and inherent and potential, seriously, potentially serious threats. So um, what that would mean for, for a culture or a group of individuals who were sort of living amongst each other is, is different could mean, um, you know, threat to, to life in, in many ways in, in this form of disease, mm-hmm. um, in the form of, of, you know, um, resources, right? Like taking resources away, uh, everything that sort of culminates with the potential life ending issue. Um, and so difference is something that we are highly attuned to as, as human beings, as social creatures. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and that's why I think that difference is something that doesn't need to be taught. Like children, children can spot differences, right? Like they, you know, I, I've seen this a lot, like growing up as, as a person of color in an area where, um, like, I mean, to put it lightly, it's like, you know, I, I say it jokingly, but like, you can probably see our family from outer space is, is sort of the, the area, Far out. Oh right? God. Like you, you're putting it how, politely. <laughs> I put it, yes, exactly. But, um, I've gotten, I got used to, to seeing yeah. children who were only used to seeing people of a certain color and then, you know, noticing what, what, what would happen when they see, saw me and it wasn't anything inherently, there was nothing negative about it, right? It was just a child through a child's eyes looking and noticing difference, but like we are primed mm. as human beings, um, as all, a lot, many animals are, as probably most animals are, it's part of survival. Mm. It's part of the survival mechanism to mm. notice difference because of the potential threat. Um, and so I think it's important to start from there as to why, why is difference important in a society and in a culture and, and then what it, why it's usually associated and almost inherently associated with negative. Mm. Um, 
And it's because of those reasons, like I said, because there were real potential threats to to something different entering your space. Um, and then even for like in for a living thing, it, environment and and moving from a, a known environment to a different environment also came with with a potential for threat if you know you don't know the landscape you don't know the terrain you don't know the foliage that you know what what you can eat what you can't eat um that could potentially end up in ruin for 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 an, an organism an individual of course we're talking about humans humans so i'll keep it to that but so difference is real. it's really really real like and and even though by and large those things are those existential threats aren't there anymore still the the it, it is still ingrained in our psyche what difference means mm -hmm. on some level right and so i think that's why we are inherently dialed in to it yeah i think the consequences are really far-reaching i mean i'm no sociologist but i guess you know, as a psychologist, I do know that, you know, we, when we interact in groups and group dynamics, there's, you know, there's the in-group and the out-group. There are people who are in and that group is defined, you know, it could be by religion, it could be by race, it could be by geography, whatever, but there are these inherent rules. And, you know, back in the day, if you were excluded from them, exclusion meant death. Oh, you live on your own. So Absolutely. you had to sort of, you know, be viable. Exactly. And, you know, I look at people, you know, now obviously people are picking and choosing and curating their own communities, but they, it, it doesn't take away from the fact that people had to navigate that disconnect. And so people look at you, you know, I can imagine like with your, from your heritage, people like, wow, you're a doctor, you've made it. How awesome are you? You have no flaws in your life or exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, what do you mean you have problems? Like, I, I thought, but aren't you educated? <laughs> right. So there's this whole idea of like, you've made it. But what people don't realize, and I've experienced this in my own life too, is that, you know, often there's a time where you had to navigate that difference at the threat of being excluded. And I guess I'm, you know, interested, I'm always interested, maybe for you, but for everyone, you know, for all the success that you have now, whether it's professionally or personally mm -hmm. or within your family or your career, you know, what was it that you had to overcome I think even it's deeper than that. It's not what is it you had to overcome. When did you realize you were different? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, a good question say, to ask. When talking you... about when you said the first question, I was like, have I overcome it? <laughs> 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 that's where my mind went first. Yeah. Um, so like yeah, maybe, no, maybe yeah. take it even further back and be like, when was the first time you discovered you were different? And yeah. like, okay, you're not on the same page as everyone else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Um, so I mean, I, yeah, I have a distinct memory apparently. I mean, I think, I think I was aware of it a lot at a, at a lot younger age than I personally realized it because of stories that, you know, I was told that I don't remember. Um, but you know, my, there was one instance when I was, I had to be really young cause we were still living in Philadelphia at the time, um, where I apparently came home crying from like Why? pre you know head start saying that i wanted to be white wow wow right like yeah. crying like real tears like existential crisis so there was something that must have happened i don't recall what the circumstances were i don't know if it was i would imagine it's probably i was maybe made to feel different because mm. it was so yeah i would have had to be like three or four years old so mm. you know three or four year old is not really understanding all the complexities of you yeah. know, the, you know, dominant society, minority mm -hmm. society, like, no, 
So I would imagine something must have happened to alert me to my differentness mm. um, and and that that different that differentness was bad mm. right, for me to have that sort of reaction to it. Mm. I don't remember that. What I distinctly remember, however, is when I was probably <clears throat> maybe about, you know, uh, 10 years old or so, nine or me 10. Too. I have a memory um, around then too. Yeah, yeah, I was... <laughs> I, I don't share this often now, but I, I was a Girl Scout. I don't know if you if you guys have Girl Scouts in Australia, we certainly do. So I was a Girl Scout. I actually stayed a Girl Scout through twelfth um, grade, which wow. is is very unheard of for a lot of um a lot of girls. But I stayed in through twelfth grade. It didn't hurt that my next door neighbor, the neighbor across the street, was our our pack. I, I troop leader. I was like, it's not in a pack. Our troop leader. So, um, sort of that, like, it was very easy to stay involved. Um, but anyway, so I, what, what I remember, yeah, what I remember is we went on a camping trip, and um, you know, I, I sort of, like I said, I, I'm growing up around predominantly white people. I, I really on a daily basis don't feel very different. Besides, like, yeah, you know, you go home, you realize like there's you know, you go, walk home, you can smell the itto cooking from like down the block. Like <laughs> you got one of these and they're like, what is that? And you're like, there's minor little things like, you know, smell like onions when you go back to school the next day because mom was cooking. <laughs> like, those little things, but like by and large, I mean, you know, I know every time like my name would have to be said out loud, like, like if there was a substitute teacher and had to like do roll call, I'd be like, oh God, here we go. But on an average day, did not feel very, didn't feel different. Didn't really notice my difference culturally in, you know, like a lot What of about ways. in your work? What about, I mean, in your career going out into your profession, surely like there's not many people who look like you or have your history when you come to work that you've, I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, let me go back to the story because. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. It definitely, sorry. So I'm it like... definitely, no, no. It definitely applies to my experience in, in the, you know, schooling and um, advanced getting, you know, getting an advanced degree in, in my profession, but back to that story. So we were on a camping trip and, um, like I said, just spending the weekend with a, a, a troop full of girls. Like I, you know, we have the same interests culturally, like, you know, we're teen preteens and, and yeah. sort of like having a fabulous time. And there was, I guess they, there's they, these administrative things that need to be done for, um, for the troop and like reporting back to the larger organization. And yeah, so there was yeah. like a demographic sheet that, um, that basically just, you know, how many girls were present, how many, like, and I remember looking down, I happened to see it and it was like, you know, the, the there was a, a box to check like the demographics of the, and there was a box checked for, for black and the number beside it one. And I remember being like, I wonder who the black girl is. <laughs> That was my first thought, right? Like my innocent, you probably think, are thinking like, how could, how is this person a doctor, right? Like, but like my initial, my immediate reaction was like, oh, there's a, you know, I'm gonna, oh my God, right? Like I'm the I, black girl. because I don't, you don't go around with a mirror in your life, like always seeing yourself, you just see the world, right? And so I'm seeing all this whiteness around me. Mm. I, you know, I just, I didn't, it, in that moment, in that millisecond of a moment, moment, it did not, it, it took me a second for my brain to realize like I am the different one mm. it's me right because I in, the, in a way that's good because like I, it means I wasn't made to feel different I wasn't made and I wasn't I I was mm. very embraced by my you know by most of my peers really I could say 
Um, and even the adults around me, like they, especially the, the troop leaders, like I, I never was made to feel different ever, ever, ever. Um, and so in a way it's kind of like a warming thought. It's like, oh, I had to see it on a paper for me to realize, but it was then, and then something solidified in me at that moment that is like, oh yeah, I'm always, I will always be, I will always be the one that, you know, has to check off that box or that, that box gets checked for like, Mm -hmm. right. Like I am in, and there's nothing that is like, there wasn't any negative connotation, but interestingly enough though, there's actually studies that have been done looking at the um, test performance in individuals who are made to self-identify, right? So having to check a box and self-identify as this or that and how it impacts actual performance on exams. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe we'll put that, you know, a link to that down um, in the discussion here, but so there is something about having to identify or having been identified as different that there was something in that moment that it, it hit the, you know, something, the message was sent and, and loud received. and clear. Yep. Sent and received. I never forgot it from that point on that. Like I will always be seen as other. Yeah. As, as it's 20, so years obvious, later, right? 20 years so later, obvious. you're still talking about it. That's right. I, I will never forget that. I remember I can see the, I could see the camp, like the, the cabin. I could see everything about, and it wasn't other than that. Mo- I don't remember anything else from that weekend besides that moment. Wow. You know, that camping trip. So and it wasn't like, like I said, there wasn't anything negative. It was just, an, it was an internal moment. It was something that I happened to look down and see it. Nobody brought it to my attention. Nobody was like, we're checking this box for you. Yeah. I just happened to see the paper and had that private moment of like, Oh, who is it? Oh, right. It, wow. it all happened so fast in, 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 in here. And it mm. has remained for like 20 years, right? Like 20 you even years. look different. You look different as you're describing it. Like your whole sort of body demeanor. Yeah. It changed. Definitely. So I'm like, wow, it's still, it definitely yeah. had an impact on you. You can tell. Yeah. Yeah, certainly it did. And then of course there are other things, like I said, there are the micro, the micro uh, events of like, you know, like I said, like a substitute teacher and having to do roll call, right? Mm. Like where you get that little bit of an anxiety of like, your name's going to be mispronounced because Mm -hmm. there's the, there's the, the layers of difference, right? There's the fact that I'm a different ethnic group, a different, Mm. you know, race for whatever that Mm. means. Um, And then there's the fact that I'm also not of American descent, right? Like, so my name is also different. There's, (laughs) it's like layer on layer. So, um, Whereas, you know, I could just be black and my name could be, I don't know. Tina. Tina. Yeah. Did you say Tina? Yeah. I, so did I. That's so <laughs> weird. That's really weird. Good Lord. It's the go-to. Yeah. Could be any. Cross intercontinental telepathy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing is people don't feel like you have to navigate that sort of things, but you definitely do. And sometimes the consequences are really tough as well. Like I feel like mine were more hard hitting I always felt othered like a lot yeah like um even within my family because oh really yeah 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 people celebrate it people celebrate it now but when I was growing up so my mom's Turkish and my dad you know is Oromo Mm -hmm. you know from East Africa and so you know they physically look different mom looked white dad looked black and Mm -hmm. so already there was just a distinct like I didn't look like either of them so I lived with my grandma for so many years so like I could hear the talk and the conversation about other people mm-hmm. but they're like oh but you're not like that but it'd still be spoken about and it's the same thing or even something like oh my mum, the dark one and like 
mum was considered the dark one in the family. And she comes to like my dad's circle of friends, they're like, oh, the white foreigner. Mum's like, oh, and then they look at us and sort of, it's the same thing. Like, and, you know, navigating, there's so many stories around that. They weren't necessarily traumatic, but they were, yes, I knew that I was different. And I think. Noticeable. Yeah. Definitely. And I think the, the trauma ones were more so based outside, like at work. And it, so the time I remember drastically where, openly I was knew that I was different and it was because of the way I looked despite all my achievements was that my achievements actually didn't mean anything so you know back in the day I was in high school in year 10 and I was in the paper a big color spread and modeling days (laughs) um (laughs) a long time ago but anyway I got into the paper for these achievements that I did and um and I took it to school because at school they had, whenever our students were featured in the media, they'd post them up. So I gave it to my teacher and I said, here, this, look, I was in the paper. And she said, oh, that's really nice. We should put it up on the hallway of the school. She didn't put it up. And then I asked her what happened. And she said, this was like weeks later. And she said, oh, because, um, well, I did ask the, the management team and they said, because it wasn't a school related achievement, they didn't want to put it up. And I thought, oh, okay, that's interesting. Fair enough. Didn't think anything of it. Fast forward down the track, I ended up winning like some state championship and the local paper came. And this time I made it to the front page of the school in my school uniform with the principal and the other person. And so I thought, okay, well, here's another one. So I gave that to the teacher. I said, well, here, can we put this up? And, And she said, yeah, yeah, good idea. I'll go to the principal. She came back and she said, I'm really sorry. There's no room left on our wall. Um, and I just remember at that point thinking that's a lot. There's no room. There's, there's no room. No room. That's, you don't even need the rest of that. There's no room. That's, and I just that thought, yeah. And you know, it's funny. I just remember thinking, okay, I'm not valued here. And then, like you know, afterwards, there was my. I had a, I had a math teacher, and she was like, you know, everyone was scared of her. You know, those teachers everyone's scared of, and she was basically told the class, you know, the only reason why I told you wears this thing on her head is because she's been brainwashed. Because if she was actually educated and knew any better, she wouldn't be wearing that thing on her head. And then while we were doing maths, she'd be reading this book about like this incestual um, Muslim family in the Middle East who was like you know, raping and doing all these awful. And she would read that in class while looking at me. And I was like, I'm not even Arab. I don't believe in incest. Like why is, and she was like asking whether I had read the book and maybe I should. And I just thought, and that turned out into another, but basically nothing happened. Like people just got away with this stuff. The school found out about it and they were like, you know, she is your teacher. She didn't mean it. So, you know, do we really want to make a big deal out of this? And I remember 10 years later, I achieved other successes. And then one of the teachers found me and said, we'd love for you to come and present to the school about all the great things you've done. I said, yeah, on the proviso that I can talk about the strengths that got me to where I am was overcoming the racism within the school. And kind of they didn't know how to take thanks that. Thanks for no I, thanks, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm not going to come here sugarcoating my experience. In fact, it was your school for the most part who taught me I need to stand up for myself. And I think, you know, we, you know, so many people experience this stuff, but I think for me, there needed to be some kind, you need to switch out. And sometimes I feel like, you know, broadening, like broadening your focus and actually recognizing for yourself, there are people who will not accept you as you are for all the successes that you have, they won't accept you. So you need to be clear within yourself about what it is that's important to you and be so careful about who you give that precious gift to. That's, That's not right. for the whole world to right. decide or to make a judgment. Well, isn't isn't that really what what code switching co- gets to is like trying to hide 
some aspect of yourself to fit into the current system that you're that you're operating in. Yeah. Right. That's essentially what what it is. Is so mm. that it, it's a it's a protective mechanism mm. um, to sort of like when when you have experienced all these intersections of identity to, you know, you, you sort of quickly realize like, okay, this is, this is accepted in this one, but not here. So I will hide it here. And, and, you know, that's exactly what, I mean, it's these experiences that teach a person, mm-hmm. you know, where, where, what avenue is safe, what, you know, which, what, um, what operating system is safe in what environment, essentially. Well, I'm thinking um, to myself, all of this stuff, like I'm thinking about young people now with social media, telling people what they should what they should look like, what they shouldn't look like is like really frightening. Like I've, it's been 25 years now. So I now run my own clinic. I do my, people come to me saying, Hey, we really want you to come and work for us. So it's like the pendulum really has swung the other way, but at what cost? That's right. That's right. What did I need to endure to actually have to get to that? That's insane. I don't, and in some, like while you were talking, obviously I had to, my jaw was on the, my desk for most of it, but like (laughs) it, I wonder if, if some of, in some way, if that wasn't, I mean, not, not that any adversity is better or worse, but like, sometimes it's, it's better when you are confronted and it's open and just out there, the, the adversity and the um, unwelcomeness, right? Like the, that, that, that is being presented to you versus like the subtlety, which is more of what I experience is the subtle so I, I, I was Microaggression. like, I, I was recognized and I did win awards and I did right, But like when the time came to transition from elementary school to middle school, even though I was, you know, by, by far a top performer, I was, I was put in and recommended into level two, right. Yeah. Which is still college yeah. prep. English as a second language. Prep. We've got that equivalent. Not even, not even, not even ESL, but just like the, you know, it wasn't level one, which is, I, I mean, it's, obvious where I was performing in, in comparison to my, the, the, the yes, kids yes. who were performing similarly, like I, I should have gone into level one. Mm. Um, and it took me, it took me years. It took me years. I finally was able to make it back there by, by high school. Mm. But because of that recommendation, I actually internalized it and, and doubted like, well, maybe I'm not as, maybe I'm not as, you know, smarter as like as academically proficient as I think. Yeah. Yes. Right. So I stuck with, I stayed with it. Cause these are, these are people of authority. These are right. Like, and of course, like the, I think parents maybe know a little bit better now, but like immigrant parents didn't necessarily have the agency to step in and to get involved in, in certain ways. I also didn't complain about it because I, I'm a good, I was a good little girl, right. Like I just, I didn't ruffle feathers. Um, but you know, so it took me a while, but like it, by, it was my teachers who came to me and were like, why are you in level two? Like what, you're blowing these grades out of the water. You're like, like you're, you're, because right? I'm black. That's why. <laughs> exactly. Like my, my older self would now like to say like, because of this person, you yeah. know, this one person who, who recommended me into a lower proficiency that I knew than the, what I was performing at. And then me in accepting it, internalizing it as like, and then, then, you know, it taking me by ninth grade, I was back into like, and then even f- like level one. And then from there, even to like the advanced courses, but one still, year. But it's like, one year it's crazy that that one thing that, I mean, and it didn't set me back. I won't like in hindsight, looking at my life, I won't say that it set me back in any way mm-hmm. if, but it, it, it was subtle. That's what I'm getting at is like, it wasn't like, oh, you know, you should have gotten this award, but we're not going to, there's no room for, you know, we yeah. already gave it to enough Someone people, else. like yeah. somebody already won it last, you know, like, or, 
just, someone black won the award last year I think we're good for now <laughs> I mean but that stuff is real too like I experiencing I experienced something similar to that as a resident actually um where you know and I mean this could have been for a lot of other reasons that things didn't pan out the way that I I thought they should have or like I thought things were going um but you know it, it had it has to do with and of course like I think this is what makes the the um the minority experience just that little bit different is because anything that happens there is that doubt of wondering did it happen because of my differentness right like did it have it could not be it could just be like no qualify like qualifications wise this person was better than you that's very valid right Mm -hmm. that that is real life Mm -hmm. but what happens for the marginalized experience and for the marginalized person and or the different person is you always have that that little nagging like I wonder if it was because of you know like maybe they're saying it's because that's happened right like and sometimes that's the seed that sets you back yeah exactly yeah that's right they make it Mm -hmm. it's made to seem like um there were you know valid reasons right like why somebody did better than you or deserve something more than you but when in, in actuality it really comes down to that you know it feels better to give it to someone who looks who like fits the, the, fits the bill it's exactly bill. Yeah. exactly so that what I was getting to within residency was there was somebody who filled a role who was black and then you know I, I had a I had felt like that wasn't open to me when I came along because the person who just filled that role was black and they didn't want another black woman in that role. So I don't know, maybe, maybe not, maybe I'm reading too much into it. Could not have been. It, maybe Is that it self-doubt? Am I hearing some self-doubt right now? Absolutely. You are. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd like to think that it's changed. Like, yes, it's taken me this long to do that, but I don't think it does. The other day I was driving with my daughter in the car and she said, mom, there's so many white people. Can you see them? And I thought, wow, um, she's <laughs> yeah. recognizing color. She knows the difference. Oh, and yeah. she's 100%. She's quite young and she gets, I mean, I did too, um, but I guess I didn't have the language for it at the time. And that's why, that's why we developed podcasts 30 years later to talk about the things that we didn't have the language or the platform to do. This is the the podcast I wish I had, could could have listened to growing up or like could have seen a psychologist and a doctor of color, like just talking about real things, real life, real experiences. That's what I want to hear about. And I think we should, I think we should always open up uh, these episodes at the end for people to join in on the conversation. And eventually you might even make a time where we actually reflect on people's stories, because I definitely want to hear them. You know, what was the time where you, you know, you realized you were different and like what happened? Because I think just talking about that. Yeah. And like, what did you do about it or not do about it? Maybe you ignored it and kind of sat with it. But if you, you know, if you experience that difference, it's so important to know that you're not alone. Um, And just, you know, offering that platform, that space um, to hold space for people, I think is really important. So yeah, I think I felt like I had therapy. Beautifully put. Beautifully. I, I, yeah, it was for me. You didn't know you were working off the clock today. (laughs) 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 I'm just popping everywhere. I'm like, this is just too much. No, this is really good. 
yeah, this is really all right. Good. Well, let's let's wrap it up and open it up to everyone else to have a bit of a discussion. But you're listening to the Coded Switch. We've got uh, Dr. G and Tolstoy, the psychologist from well, I think we're a global force. This is literally from the USA and from Australia. And we'll see you on our next episode.